Okay, so welcome back, welcome back everybody. Um, I am your host, Missy Lewis, and this is a black girl coffee shop where we sip coffee and not tea. Um, so I, I was driving home from work and I decided I was going to pull over and record because I had this feeling, just this overwhelming feeling to record and like get something off my chest. But I made it home and I'm sitting out in front of my house and I'm going to record in my car. And, uh, I wanted to come off, like, as authentic as possible as far as, like, um, yeah, like, straight from the heart, straight from, you know. So, I don't even know where to start. So, in, in the last couple weeks, I've been... Um, as I probably talked about before, and just so y'all know, this is still season six. I'm doing a bonus episode before I take a hiatus for, to start season seven. So just to let everybody know. Um, and then once I do my podcast, I'm gonna have more structure, um, just a little more structure and actually upload on certain days. So I feel like that will help people know when to like tune in because I listen to, um, Dr. Armani's podcast, and I know that her podcast, I think it's uploaded on Wednesday or Thursday, but I know by Friday it's going to be on there, so I listen to her. So I, I feel like it's more reliable to, like, have a day. So, yeah, I'm going to do that. But anyway, so I'm going to be honest. I'm about to be straight, straight, cutthroat, honest about everything. Um, so I feel like I, I heard this somewhere, and it was, like, in everybody's story, in anybody's story, in anybody's, everybody's story, somebody's the villain. And in your, in somebody's story, you might be the villain. And so you have to understand that because things happen the way they happen. And so, like I said, I'm about to be super honest. So I had a situation with like one of my friends or whatever. And y'all know I talk about friendship all the time on this podcast, but I had a situation with one of my friends and we are no longer friends. And a lot of things transpired or whatever, a lot of miscommunication and a lot of things. And what's so crazy is that I've been going to, so you can't, you can't really fix anybody else. You can only fix yourself. I've been going to therapy a lot and, um, learning a lot of different things about my life, about myself that I did not know. And you, you'd be surprised about the things that you're doing that you don't even know that you're doing them. And you'd be surprised where they come from and, um, childhood traumas or even just you know being in combat and stuff like that that you know that take toll and you end up doing things that you didn't even know that you were doing you know what I'm saying so I had a situation me and my friend we fell out whatever a lot of things happened or whatever um and so um so like I'm like I said I'm be honest so she I had stopped talking. My cousin had passed away. I know y'all already know. Um, it was just a lot. And like I said, I've been in therapy trying to realize, understand why I do the things that I do or react the way I react. So um, to get to the to the meat and the potatoes of the situation, we don't talk to each other at all. Um, either I blocked her or she's blocked me on social media. She blocked me on the phone, all that type of stuff. So... I don't know. I was just, I was just looking through my phone and then like I seen her pop up or the thing pop up on my Instagram. So I looked at their Instagram and then her Instagram said, 
something about toxic friendships and how she's done with toxic friendships and she's on to a new journey, which is fine. But it's like the fact that I believe she's talking about me because we've had conversations and she just feels like she told me that she's choosing herself and she can't be friends with me and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I never, I always prided myself on being a good friend to people, but a lot of situations that have taken place going from last year to this year have really knocked me on my ass. And it's just, it's it's a lot to unpack. But I think the part that really, it put me in this different state, like I was driving and it was like being called toxic. And I was like, and there's also been another time where she's, she's called me negative and stuff like that. And a lot of things had transpired. And I don't, I don't know if I'm being negative. I don't know what I'm being. I don't know. Like, I couldn't really, I couldn't really put my finger on what was going on with me as far as like when I came back from, from overseas and like now, like not necessarily now because I'm going through therapy and stuff like that. But what I do know now is that I have a, um, codependent tendencies. Um, I don't like to be that close to people. Um, and all that time that I thought I prided myself on being the best, being a good friend, I didn't really, I didn't, first of all, I didn't have the tools to be a good friend. And then I don't, I didn't understand the the dynamics of being a good friend. So let me, let me unpack that real quick. So the tools of being a good friend, I don't know how to connect to people. Um, I don't know how to emotionally connect to a lot of people. I don't, not only do I have childhood traumas, but I also was diagnosed with PTSD. So as far as like that deep emotional connection, I don't like it. I don't like to be that close to people. So subconsciously, I do things to keep people at arm's length or keep my distance from people, especially if I'm going through something. And it's not me trying to make excuses about my behaviors or anything like that, but it's some stuff that I didn't even know. And all this, all the while where even in my other podcast where I would talk about how I was such a good friend to people and I did um, X, Y, Z for them, but I never got close to people. I've never really been close to anybody. Um, and I had to going through therapy. I had to unpack that where, um, and people might listen to this. One of my cousins or whoever might listen to this. Um, but growing up, I was emotionally neglected. And when I was in therapy one time, the therapist asked me, it's like, have you ever been abused? And I'm like, abused. I ain't never been no abused. Like, you know what I mean? Of course, you know, black ho- in a black household, you get whooped or whatever. You get a whooping and um, whatever. But she's like, there's different types of, of abuse. And I was like, okay, well, what do you mean? And then we started talking a little bit more. And she's like, I think you were emotionally neglected. So, and I'm not, I'm not sitting here. You know how people be like, oh, I did this because I did that. And I have trauma and stuff like that. I'm not, however she feels about me, she, she feels like I'm toxic. That's, that's fine. It's not, but I had, first of all, the fact that she called me toxic, it really like, I guess she, I guess everybody got to be a villain. I guess I had to accept it that that's how she feels about me. And another thing is I could never understand. I, I can't, I can't take when somebody feels some type of way about me. And I'm not saying like, if somebody called me a bitch, that's one thing. But if somebody calls me negative or toxic and stuff like that, because I always want to be in people's good graces. And this is where the codependency and the emotional neglect come in. Um, so 
yeah so I'm talking to the therapist and she's like do you ever think that you were emotionally neglected and I was like uh maybe and so I don't like my friend you know you in like middle school and you hug your friends and you guys are going on vacation and you guys are hugging I don't like to hug and I have a friend and we've been friends since we were six, in sixth grade we have never hugged she tried to hug me and I'm just like why are you touching me um I don't like to be touched because as a child I don't like to be touched as in you know hugging holding hands or anything like that signs of affection as a child we never I never got hugged or anything like that so it makes me uncomfortable and um so with that being said it makes me uncomfortable so then like being emotionally connected to somebody makes me uncomfortable being um like I said just being close to anybody makes me feel uncomfortable because I I don't think I've ever been close to anybody or no one of my friends um Shamika I think she's probably the the closest I've ever been to anybody and that wasn't that it wasn't super close but it was the closest um so even in relationships and like romantic relationships I'm not the type of person I don't want you like I don't like you touching me like I don't want you in the public touching me um very discreet you know what I'm saying of course if you're doing what grown folks do you know you might be touching in that sense but like anything just randomly touching me or like I said being out in public I don't like that either um so I think the part of me has to accept the fact that that's how that that's the role that I play in her story so if she decides to tell a story and say, oh, I was friends with this girl, she was toxic or whatever, if that's what she wants to call me, then I have to accept that because all the while I thought I was um, the greatest friend, but you may not be as great as you think you are. But at some point in time, at, at, at any rate, not to give myself excuses, but it's like, I didn't even know that that's what I was doing. I don't know how, like I said, I, I'm still trying to connect to people and uh, having the emotional neglect plus PTSD PTSD one of our things that we love to do the most is isolation so it's like especially if we're going through something isolate hopefully get yourself back together and then come back out of isolation and I didn't even realize I was doing that either so I think the part that irritates me is that I, I, I was prided myself thinking that I was like a good friend but I may not have been, you know what I'm saying? I guess I have to um, accept that and going forward with new people that I meet and friends that I still have, trying to be more open and be more emotionally connected. But yeah, it's crazy because all this time and then on top of that, I have a codependency issue where I feel like not like I want to keep my friends down at all. I don't want to keep anybody down. But I always have to be helping. Because growing up, that's what I did. Growing up from when my sister was born. When my sister was born and I was 13 years old, even probably before that, I remember washing dishes at nine years old. Um, I always wanted to be helpful in order to be seen because I'm, I was the middle child at that time. My mom had four kids, but I was the middle child for the longest because my sister didn't come till I was 13. So I felt like I wasn't seen. 
So in order for me to be seen or any even even appreciated, I felt like I always had to be helpful to people. And so even in my friendships, I always feel like I need to be helping them. And so with the, the <laughs> my therapist really clocked my tea, right? She was all like, what is friendship? I said, communication. She's like, so how do you communicate if you go into isolation? And I was like, oh. So what I was doing was, uh, okay, I just jumped from one thing to the next. Let me finish my story. So my sister was born and I had to take care of my sister. Um, I took care of the whole family. I took care, I made dinner. I was a whole housewife at like 13, 14, 15 years old. I didn't have a regular like teenage years when you got to go out and do whatever. No, I took care of my little sister from the day she came from the hospital for three years. She slept in my bed. She was my baby. Um, I, I made dinner. My mom was at work for 16 hours. My brother, I had to take care of my brother. My brother, if I'm, if I'm 13, 14, that means he's like 10 or 11. And my sister, my older sister, if I'm 13, that means she's 15. And she just didn't want any responsibility. She just didn't want to do it. My mom didn't require her to do it. And somebody had to do it. So I had to do it. So my, in my mind, my role was the only way that somebody could really, the only way I can get attention is if I'm caring for somebody. If the only way I can get attention is if I'm helping somebody. So I set, I set myself up. I set the game up where I would insert myself because I didn't think that I was good for anything else but to be helpful because that's what I was taught. If I wasn't helpful, then I wasn't seen. Even into me joining the military. I joined the military so, oh, make sure that my, 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 my sister has this and my, my niece has that. My mom always had a good job. But to do extra, to make sure I can give back to the family, it was never for me. It was always so I can get back to my family. Um, even so much where my mom had my dog and I was paying like $200 in like doggy child support. You know what I'm saying? Knowing that it wasn't really going to my dog, it was going to my mom. Everything I did in my life was to be helpful to somebody else. So the fact, the reason why I isolate from the childhood traumas is because I don't believe that anybody would care what I'm going through because nobody has in the past. So I isolate myself, fix myself up as much as I can or put my mask on or whatever they, you know, to make myself presentable so I don't have to put my problems on somebody else because they, I don't feel, I didn't feel myself worthy of people being there for me. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think the reason why I was so close to Shamika is like, she's, she was older than me and she made me feel a sense of comfort. Like she cared about, she cared about me and I never had anybody really care about me as a friend. So when our friendship fell apart in like 2014, that that shit hurt me to my core. So I carried that and I carried that into different friendships, into different things. And I've been so skeptical of people and I don't get that close to people. Not only not to mention the childhood traumas and not to mention the PTSD. So I was creating my own prison where I didn't let anybody in. And then I'd be like, why nobody there for me? Why nobody here for me? But people can't be there for you if you're not letting them in. You're isolating yourself. And the PTSD isolation, that, that stuff happens when, like, it's involuntary. Like, it just happens. Like, I, you know. But people can't really be there for you if you don't express how you feel. And being in therapy these last weeks and whatever have really, like, turned my world upside down. And that's where the codependency comes from, like I said before, is if I feel like I'm in a relationship whether it's a romantic relationship or it's a, a friendship, I always feel like I have to be of some help or I'm not, I don't have anything else to give. You know what I'm saying? 
And so because I was put into a parent parenting role as a as a kid, I feel like that's all I have to offer is to be um, a shoulder to cry on or somebody to help somebody because otherwise I'm not important and I have codependency issues. And I feel like I just did like a whole bunch of word vomit and just put it all on the table. But I had to because I just felt compelled to because, I, like I said, I'm not a, I'm not an Instagram stalker. But I went on her Instagram and I was like reading her stuff. And she probably she might listen to this. She may not listen to this. But I was reading it and it was like toxic friends. And I was like, she talking about me? I'm toxic? Like, oh, my gosh. Like, how am I toxic? I always tried to. I always tried to be there. But it's like. I can't change how she feels about me if I'm the villain in her story or whatever you want to call it it just has to be what it is and I had to accept the fact that maybe I wasn't right and maybe I wasn't the bestest friend that I thought I was and going forward with new people that I meet be aware of what's going on I think it just became so with the childhood traumas PTSD and then bad friendships it all just made me so guarded and it's still it's it's, it's a work in progress <laughs> it's a work in progress so all that time I spent where I rec- I feel like I almost recruited people or entertained a lot of people that needed my help. And then I would sit up and be like, oh, well, they treated me like this and they treated me like that. But I never required, like I said before, I never required anybody to be there for me because I didn't think I was worthy of anybody being there for me. So it's that's when I went into isolation. And I've had friends where they will, I've had friends where they will, they use it up. Like they just take advantage. Oh, yeah. Um, let me sit on the phone with you for 45 minutes and talk about my whole life. And I would sit up there and do it and, and drain myself because that's all I thought I was good for. And so um, I guess being friends with her, it was, I wasn't as open as I thought I was. And then like, I wasn't, and I, I was watching, I was, um, I was listening to this podcast and this podcast was saying, she was like, you have to have a level of vulnerability with your friends. And I don't think I had a level of vulnerability. The thing is, I I had a little level, like, so things were transpar- transpiring while I was overseas and I was, you know, we were talking and stuff like that. But it wasn't a level of vulnerability. It was a level of anger. So when anger is constantly, you're, somebody's constantly calling you and they're angry and they're angry, it comes off as negativity. But that's not a level of vulnerability. So what what I come to figure out is that the situations that happened to me while I was overseas, it wasn't necessarily that I was angry. It was that my feelings were hurt. I was hurt by the way that my, the people I was over there with, my unit did me, I was hurt. And I couldn't say that I was hurt. I couldn't feel that hurt, but I could feel anger because it's the only thing that was acceptable. I felt betrayed. I felt angry. I felt all types of stuff, but the only thing that I could express was anger. So and that's all I've been allowed to express in my life. So, of course, it's going to be like, you know, so you can only look at things in retrospect, in retrospect in order to get better. But that's where I'm at with that whole situation, a level of vulnerability. And I had talked to one of my the one of my friends, childhood friends yesterday. And I think we, we had a good conversation. Um, it was more so me talking. And I think she was kind of shocked because. I led I led the conversation not with my head and not with my anger, but with my heart and my feelings. And she was kind of thrown off like, this is a different person. I'm not trying to say I'm trying to change, but I'm trying to actually feel the feelings that I feel. 
instead of trying to just be like, these mother effers did this to me, da 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 da. Instead of you have to take that moment to say, yo, these people hurt my feelings. Like I'm hurt. I'm hurt. And I feel abandoned. I felt like nobody had my back when I was deployed. I felt, not to mention I had, I have PTSD. So there were certain times where like my anxiety was all out of control, all out of control because where I was at was non-combat, but it looks just like a combat zone because I've been deployed in a combat zone. So my mind couldn't, I'll do a whole episode on PTSD so y'all understand, but having a toxic, um, or having a, 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 feeling I felt alone I was alone when I was deployed and dealing with the PTSD at the same time that was a lot and only way I can internalize it the only way I could express it was anger and I'm not sitting here trying to apologize I'm not sitting here only thing you can do as a person is learn from your mistakes or learn from yourself and get better and therapy like I said it's turned my life upside down because it helped me see myself like people think that they are one way but you come to figure out real quick like bro the what you think you've been doing is not the right thing it's not and the reason why you're doing it is because xyz and i had to come to terms that the reason why i felt like the only thing i was good for was to help people is because that was the position i felt like i played in my family dynamic and the only time I would be called or checked on is when somebody needed some money or I could be a superhero and save somebody because it's better to be a part of dysfunction and then to be not not be a part of it at all. But I'm learning that um, I'm okay by myself. You know what I'm saying? Like I was feeding, I was inhaling a whole bunch of like craziness and... I'm going, I have a whole other episode about that season. I'm going to tell you right now, season seven is going to be lit. Cause I got so much stuff for you guys. Um, but yeah, codependency, childhood traumas. And you'd be surprised cause I'm 33 years old and I was really operating, like I said before, in a 10 year old capacity and sometimes in some, in some ways. And, you know, I'm friends with people and I'm not showing up as a 33 year old. I'm showing up as a 10 year old. I'm showing up in different in relationships as a 10 year old. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't get too close because they're going to hurt you or, oh, you don't, you know, and then you grow up sometimes in a black community where people be like, oh, you don't need friends and they, you know, you just need to be by yourself. You don't, what is a friend? You don't need friends. There's no new friends. Like we live in a society where, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't realize what I was doing. I didn't realize anything. And it's just, it's a work in progress. Um, shoot, I got there. I got two therapy sessions tomorrow, but yeah. And I, I I just had to take it off the table. Like I just, like I said, I always prided myself and y'all seen me sit up on this podcast on my soapbox talking about how I was such a good friend to everybody. And that, that, that I was such a good friend to people that really didn't deserve it. And then I, but because I, my codependency, I always had to feel like I was helping somebody and in turn, I drained myself and it made me weary of people and made my put my guard up. But I felt like if I wasn't helpful to somebody, then I wasn't worth it. And that's just point blank, period. Yeah, that's what happened. 
But I really, like I said, I really thought, like, I was a good friend. And uh, reading those words, I think I read the, the post, like, three times. Like, toxic, bro. She thinks I'm toxic. And it was like, I'm toxic. Like, it was just... I couldn't get past it. Like, I was like, well, I mean, I, of course I am going to get past it. That's why I'm recording this right now. But, and then I had to sit, as I was driving, I had to think like, bro, why are you so pressed? Like, if that's what she thinks, that's what she thinks. But I had to come to realize, and at first, my first thought was when I read it, she's like, um, she wrote that, oh, I'm toxic. I was like mad. I was like, how am I toxic? Da, 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 da. And then I was driving home and I was like, bro, just because you thought you was a good friend don't mean that you was. Like, yeah, and that's the realization of it. That is the realization. And the realization. And then I realized, like, you can give as far as, like, because I always, you know, give myself, give people as far as, like, gifts and monetary values and stuff like that. And um, be there for them and listen to them and try to give them words of encouragement and stuff like that. But if you're not really connected to them, and that's the thing is I never really was connected to anybody I was friends with on a deep level, except Shamika. And me and Shamika, we good now. Like we good now. Like I think our friendship has gotten way better. But once that, once, you know, that level of that incident happened, it, it took a toll. And I actually like, we was friends and I cried and it was just a whole bunch of things. And I never cried over no friendship, but like on my last episode Malika who I had on here uh, you don't want surface friendships and it's like you can't say nobody cares about me and uh, nobody really wants to be there for me but you are not opening up to let people be there for you you're not opening up to let people really get to know you you know what I'm saying like that's crazy and I never really thought about it like that and when I first decided I was going to do this episode I was like well I'm about to go off I'm about to go I'm about to da 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 it's not even in me no more Like, how's she going to call me toxic? And then people think I'm negative. Like, how they going to think I'm negative? Because you're yelling? Because you're mad? That's why. (laughs) But, yeah, I had to, like, sometimes you got to check yourself. And when you know better, you do better. Ain't that what Maya Angelou said? But, yeah. I think it's just, like, the fear of rejection of people not caring. Like, if I put myself out there, they might not care. Uh, be, being relying on somebody for emotional support when I've never relied on anybody for emotional support. I, as a child, I had to self-soothe because that's why when I go through something and this friend of mine, she had a problem because I used to isolate. Like we would be talking and, you know, days and days and then something would happen to me and then I would isolate, which means I cut off everybody and I isolate myself because that's me. That's me trying to self-soothe. And so I'm thinking like my friends don't want to be bothered with me if I'm not going to be happy. You know what I'm saying? Like, my friends don't want to deal with my crap, so I keep my crap to myself. But she's like, why are you just disappearing? Like, what the fuck going on? And I was like, what do you mean? So, it definitely, this, this, if I haven't learned anything from anybody that I've ever been friends with, I learned a lot about myself in that situation because, yeah. I Like I said, I sit up on my soapbox. I'm such a good friend to everybody and nobody's a good friend to me and da 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 Probably because you was putting your energy into the wrong friendships and then you wasn't putting enough energy into other friendships. You know what I'm saying? And I always pride myself on being authentic, but being authentic is a level of vulnerability that I wasn't really relaying in to people. Like, And it wasn't allowed in my household growing up. And... Yeah. People, you come, you come in the house, or you know, even on TikTok, people be like, the the one, 
and I think it's so funny, but it's not funny. On TikTok, where it says, um, the one of them's like somebody's talking to the, it's like a black, it's usually like a black man or a black woman, and it's like, he's like, Mom or Dad, I'm depressed. And then he's all like, Oh, you depressed? What you depressed about? And then like he's fake crying, and then he's all like, You need to go depress them dishes. And that's like every black household, right? That's why everybody laughs because it's like, Go depress them dishes. You ain't depressed, you ain't feeling no type of way. So emotionally I didn't know how to connect to my own feelings and if I didn't know how to connect to my own feelings there's no way that I could be able to connect to other people in a vulnerable way in a you know you know so I feel like I'm 33 years old and I'm still learning stuff every day and I'm almost ashamed not I want to say ashamed but I'm almost like dang I should delete some of those um some of those uh episodes I did where I was like sitting up on my soapbox and like yeah nobody's a good friend da, 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 da. and therapy is a is the best thing like therapy is a flex going to therapy is a flex in 2021 we're in a freaking pandemic we're in a panoramic okay but yeah and then I reached out to one of my one of my childhood friends or whatever we are trying to rebuild our friendship and I'm taking responsibility for the things that I've done and she took responsibility for the things that she's done and we are creating a blog together and um it's another thing where so I'm gonna be honest so me and her were supposed to create this this podcast together we were gonna do a podcast together but I felt like our friendship was so shaky I was like oh no but the thing about it is I never really gave it a chance so I have a problem with letting people help me you know what I'm saying I can help all day so I sit up, it doesn't even make sense. It's like, what is it, like oxymoron? It doesn't even make any sense. I'm upset because nobody's there for me, but then I don't allow people to be there for me. Because I'm scared that they they won't be there for me or I'll get too comfortable and I won't be able to self-soothe. So um, she's, we're, this is a, a exercise for myself to allow people to rely on other people because I don't rely on anybody. Like, as far as like finance, financially, stuff like that, emotional support. And that's the problem that I have. I don't rely on people. I don't, I don't fully give myself to anything. Like I don't. So when we were supposed to do the podcast together, hold on. <coughs> I was like, nah, I don't know if I want to do it with her because you know, da, 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 da. And I was like, nah, because then that would make me like connected to somebody. It, it was like, I don't know, craziness, but yeah, I'm used to being solo. So then I was like, maybe let me uh, exercise my what I've learned in therapy and having a group project and trusting somebody that, okay, I'm going to do my part on the blog and she's going to do her part on the blog and um, just giving, like, letting, and then I'm a control freak too. So what I also learned, letting go of control and like being okay in a group. And I always thought I was a team player, which I try to be, but in some aspects at work I feel like I'm a team player but you know I try not to get too caught up in um letting people help me or depending on people because I was never as a child I had to figure it out on my own and I don't like feeling indebted to people um and I knew something was wrong. So this particular, fr- not not the childhood friend, but the, the the particular friend who feels that I'm toxic. I don't know. 
um she may not have been talking about me but i think she was but i don't know it is what it is i accept it because that's how she feels i can't tell somebody how to feel but this one i knew something was wrong with me which really i brought up in therapy too so like my birthday of 2020 had to be 20 oh, 2019 right so she she um first of all she picked me up she paid for dinner she got me a gift like she did a lot for me for my birthday right and it made me feel so uncomfortable and to my my thoughts is like why are you feeling comfortable because i'm not used to people doing things for me i can't remember the last time somebody did something for me for my birthday like that of that magnitude i think i turned 27 and this guy that i was dating he bought me uh this we went to this expensive restaurant and i was on him but that was different but she went all out for my birthday and i just didn't know how to accept it and to be honest i feel like maybe her being that close to me or trying to be that close to me or me getting too comfortable with her is the reason why i subconsciously pushed her away because it's like yo i don't i don't want to rely on anybody for emotional support that close damn that's crazy right and to be honest like I'm gonna keep it real. My mom doesn't give me emotional support. She never has. My mom's, you know how black households are. They're gonna give you food. They're gonna give you shelter. They're gonna give you water. You know, all that stuff. But as far as like emotional support, you can do it. I'm proud of you. Good job. No. Even when I was in middle school, I don't even know how I passed middle school because I got all D's because nobody was like, oh, go to school and be all, you know, be all you can be or whatever. And I guess at that time you could still pass class with D's. So I had like all D's. Nobody cared. I was never pushed to do anything more. When I got to high school, my senior year, I got A's and B's. And that's just because I wanted to do it. But I never got words of encouragement. I never got support. Um, and I'm not trying to knock my mom or whatever, but she did what she knew, whatever. But it really stunted my emotional intelligence. I never heard I love you. I think I hugged my mom twice in the whole, my whole life. Um, and certain ventures that I want to do now, there's not a lot of support. It's just like, okay, why are you telling me about this? Um, and I'm not trying to change her because she is who she is, but it just wasn't a lot of, I didn't feel, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't feel no type of love. So I, I, I didn't feel loved. And to be honest, I still don't feel loved. And it just is what it is. But yeah. And I think that type of growing up, that type of way, and the only time I get noticed is when I do stuff for other people, it carried out into my adulthood. Definitely. And it it's, I'm happy that I'm figuring stuff out now, but I'm also sad because I'm, 33 years old and I'm just now figuring out that some, like on in some level I've been operating as a 10 year old trying to get my mommy's attention and then my emotional intelligence is stunted yeah that just went left <laughs> but yeah man I guess and I, I'm working on I'm definitely working on um getting better and taking a step by step and Yeah. Realizing certain things and doing better for the next time. And 
honestly just like getting support from people that support me because I was so busy. I feel like that's another one. She gave me support. She gave me support, my friend or whatever, the one I'm talking about. But I didn't know how to take it. And I was, yeah, like I didn't know how to take it. And I was so busy trying to get support from other people that never gave me support before and was so angry about it and so mad about it. And I'm not sitting here trying to uh, kiss her ass or anything like that. It is what it is. If the, fr- the friendship is over, the friendship is over. It's just like the realization of it. And I've been trying to get blood from a turnip for 33 years. And when I say that, I mean my mother's love. And at this point, I had to get support and love from whoever's giving it to me. Because, and just like I was in group therapy and they were like, um, uh, just because somebody has a title don't mean they're going to give you what that title embodies. They just, it just is what it is. And this might resonate with a lot of black people because I come to find out I'm not the only one that has this issue. But yeah. And I always felt like I was growing up, I was so fortunate. Like my mom did, when it come to things, when it come to things, she did at, at whatever job she was at, because as time went on, she got better, you know, better jobs and in a career and stuff like that. Our things only improved. But it was like, I still feel this sense of emptiness. Because it's only things. Things don't feel... Things don't support you. Things don't tell you good job. They don't tell you that they're proud of you. Things don't do that. And so what I realized is that I'm a creature of habit. And we do what we see. So when I'm, I I make sure that when I give people gifts, I, I try to get gifts that they really like and stuff like that. And I think that that makes them feel connected to me. And that, that's not how you connect to people. But I, that's what I was taught. And it might be a cop out to some people where they're like, oh, girl, you 33 years old. You didn't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no. I'm a black woman. And we grew up as black women. We grew up in survivor mode and we do what we see. Until somebody tells us different. And being in survivor mode means tucking your feelings away and man up. I'm a black female NCO in the army. With no room for feelings. But, you know, you can't go on forever. Um, thinking that you could just walk around with no emotions because pretty soon shoot I'm going to be real I almost had a nervous breakdown when I was overseas but like I said that's another story and season 7 is going to be lit but I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up because I'm, I'm just talking and talking and talking and I'm just like Ugh. but I'm, a, I'm a still going to publish this episode because it's real man and it's not about who likes it and who doesn't like it. And nothing in this episode was to maliciously hurt somebody. It was just me reflecting on my own self. And it's crazy because I really thought that I was a good-ass friend. I'm like, I'm a good-ass friend to everybody. That may not be so. <laughs> and I had to I had to accept it. But anyway, I'm going to let y'all go. Um, This was nice. This was really like a therapy session. This is what we do in therapy. And I love my... I, I go to group therapy and I'm the only female. It's a group therapy for people with PTSD. And I'm the only female. They're all males. And, like, we're, like, those people feel like my family, bro. Like, those people understand me. These people know the dark, dark parts of me. And they've shared some stuff about them. It's just, like, amazing. And I thought that it was going to be an issue because I'm the only female. I'm black, da-da-da. But these people, my group. 
man, my group is like, that's like family. And they know all types of stuff about me. And it helped me understand vulnerability and understand that vulnerability is not weakness. You know what I'm saying? Because even as like, it's crazy because even as a kid, like if I would, if I would cry, I would be mad that I cried. I don't want to cry. Even now I don't cry as much, but it helps you relieve what you got going on. I have panic attacks because I don't cry. So like, even as it, like, I hate crying in front of people. Like even the friend that I have, the friend that I'm talking about, I cried in front of her. I think it was like 2018 or 19. I cried in front of her because something happened at work and it made me so upset that I cried because I don't want to cry in front of people. I hate it because it's the level of vulnerability, but it's like, yo, it's normal. (laughs) And that's coming from being a little kid because as a little kid, something happened to me. My mom be like, you don't be crying. Don't be crying. What are you crying for? Fix your face. What are you crying for? So you'd be surprised how much shit, I mean, how much stuff thing apple podcast is not gonna put this up if i keep cussing how much stuff you carry into adulthood like sometimes we really just age and we don't grow i'm gonna write that down somewhere because that was deep but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go ahead and let y'all go i appreciate everybody listening listen to this rant this really helped me like i really thought i really thought i was a great friend but come to find out I got work to do. And the first work, it all starts with myself. So that way, when I'm friends with somebody, if I meet somebody else that I'm friends with, I can do better. Because guess what? I know better. But anyway, um, follow me on IG at Blacker Coffee Shop Podcast. Um, I'm probably going to end up deleting my personal page because I don't be on there. But yeah. And then I also have the blog coming out. It'd be coming out real soon. I have it with my friend. It's called Grace of Self. And it's going to talk about all different types of things. I'm going to plug that on another episode, but it's called Grace of Self. And it will be uploaded onto the Instagram page. And this blog is just another way for me to talk about what I got going on. I like to write. Um, and my book it should be coming out later this year. I know it's been taking me a long time to complete it, but don't judge me. Um, I appreciate everybody. And do the work, man. Don't be walking around this world, you know, thinking you know but sometimes you just don't know but thank you guys for listening i appreciate all listenership you guys are awesome peace